Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksicles? What's going on? It's Mark Marin here. This is WTF. I got to tell you, man, I got to be honest with you, folks. I am having a good time on set. There's something about being in this fourth season and just, you know, you know, knowing what's up and, and knowing that it, it's probably going to be the last one and knowing that we've got this sort of full through line. This, uh, this season is going to all be in order. There's a full seasonal arc with several different environments and they're all pretty much um, made up. And uh, and just working with actors again and just being, you know, feeling comfortable and confident in the whole thing. Like today, what do we do today? Who do I work with today? Ron Stark uh, is who I worked with today. And I, I just, uh, we really just started working together the other day. And it's, uh, it's fucking hilarious. And also, like, if you have not seen the show, Marin, and I don't plug myself that much, really. Uh, but all three seasons are on Netflix and they do get better. I'm proud of all of them, but I, I think that a lot of people sort of were kind of disturbed and uh, and 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 a little bit blown away by the season finale of the last season. But we are picking up a year later from that scenario. So think what you will. I've shaved off my mountain man style beard. I'm back to the uh, traditional Mark Marin facial hair configuration, and it's weird. I'll tell you one thing that I realized about having a lot of hair when I did. I never had a beard like that before. Uh, and my hair was very long is that there is a great freedom in not giving a fuck about how you look. Because like when you have a long fucked up hair and just a big old shitty beard, it's like, what's the point? What do you think is going to change? What is there to keep in order? Not much. You just don't want your beard fluffing out too much. So your head looks all weird and uh round like some peculiar shakespearean clown i did get some flack from those people who didn't know why the beard was there about like oh you're one of those guys now no it was for a role but i did i did like it i did like the way it looked i like the gray in it i think there's a beard in my future when i fully give up i think there's a beard in my future i don't want my beard to represent anything trendy other than I don't give a fuck anymore. If I ever have a beard again, you will know that. I'm telling you honestly that if you see me in a beard in the future, it means I truly don't give a fuck anymore. What a liberating day that will be. 
but not liberating right now. Right now, I'm well coiffed, have a mustache and a uh, soul patch to maintain and a short haircut to worry about. And, you know, just trying to look good, look for the, you know, look clean. But I can't wait to get to I don't give a fuck. But you people have to give a fuck. No, no, I got a lozenge stuck way down in my... Okay, I got it. Munching on these nicotine lozenges. Still. And God damn, I love them. And that's why I... I, Someday, folks, maybe when I grow the I don't give a fuck anymore beard, I'll rid myself of all compulsive behavior. I think I'm talking about a future Buddha, Mark. That wanders around with no self-loathing thoughts or self-critical assessments, with no vanity, no shame, no aggravated compulsive behaviors to relieve me of the stress of me. Just, just a bearded man dressed simply, not talking much and laughing inside. Because he truly doesn't give a fuck. Because he's free. That's my future. I don't know where that Mark will be walking. I don't know what that Mark will be doing. He will not be working. I, 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 I fear that he may, he may wander from town to town. Giggling to himself through his beard. Maybe stopping for, for not, not even coffee anymore. Maybe some, some mint tea. Like they drink in the Middle East. Some warm mint tea on a hot day. That's the one thing I learned in Jerusalem. I learned nothing mystical. There was no cathartic, you know, in retrospect, deeply spiritual moment. But I was baffled and confused by some of the uh, Arab people who sold things in stores as they sat around and drank hot mint tea poured through uh, like a lift. They lift the pot up and they, as they pour it, so there's a long stream of hot mint tea. And I remember saying, why... Why the fuck do you drink hot tea, man? It's 100 degrees outside. But I didn't say that. I said, can I ask you a question? Um, why, why are you guys drinking hot tea? It's really hot out. And the, the fella told me, he said, well, your body's hot. It's 96 degrees in there. So if you dump a bunch of cold liquid into it, it's going to require energy to get that liquid to 96 degrees, to body temperature. So you're going to generate more heat trying to process the cold liquid than you would drinking some tea that's about body temperature. So it actually, the mint is cooling and the warmth of it will not generate any more heat within your body to, uh, to cause you more heat. I always remembered that and I never listened to it. Did I mention who I had on the show today? Ben Hoffman had a show on Comedy Central a while back. I believe it was the Ben show. Now, back when he was doing that, I didn't have him on here because I didn't think I liked him. I honestly did not think I liked this guy. There was something about him that rubbed me the wrong way. Now, some of you know when that happens, if you do a little further investigation, either they are truly rubbing you the wrong way because there's a problem, or... They might be a little similar to you, and that's what you're reacting to. 
I don't like that guy because he seems to have something that I have inside of me that I don't find pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the reason, I didn't have him on then. And then I got uh, I got this record in the mail. I got a, and I, I didn't know what it was. I, I don't keep, it's very hard for me to keep track of shit because I do a lot of things and I get a lot of promotional material. I get a lot of records. I get a lot of books. Some of them are solicited, some aren't, but I just get this record and I get a lot of records and it's this big country record. There's a dude on front. It's this guy, Wheeler Walker Jr. And it's a, it's a, just a classic cheesy country record cover with a dude sort of laying on, you know, holding his, he's laying, I think he's on his elbow. I think he's like, you know, just, he's got a big cowboy, he's got a big cowboy hat, got sunglasses. Very reminiscent of the country records that I was, I remember from when I was a kid in New Mexico. And, and the thing was, is I didn't know what it was. And I thought it was a country record. And the, the record, the record's called Redneck Shit. So there's this cowboy dude on the cover, and I'm like, wow, this this guy's a little out of date, or maybe it's just classic country. I don't know why I'm getting it, but I do get country records. I enjoy country records. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute, is that fucking Ben Hoffman? That's fucking Ben Hoffman. So I listened to the record, and it's like it's a real country record. I mean, it sounds good. The production is good. I mean, the songs are are a bit crass and uh, a bit uh uh, shocking to some degree in terms of what you expect out of uh, out of a country record. You know, uh, uh, one of them's called Fuck You, Bitch. One of them's called uh, Better Off Beaten Off. Uh, one of them's called Beer, Weed, and Coochie. One of them's called Sit On My Face. One of them's called Eating Pussy and Kicking Ass, which I remember seeing live years ago at a sketch show and I know it was him. And then there's one called... Uh, Fighting, fucking, farting. Now, like, all right. I don't love parody records. I don't love joke records. But the thing about this record was it's beautifully produced music and they're real country songs. If if country would sort of loosen up a little bit, I think. So it's a tight parody in a way. But I just couldn't believe it was this kid, Ben Hoffman. And I was impressed with it. And I knew he rubbed me the wrong way, but I'm like, fuck it, I want to talk to Ben Hoffman. I, I like this idea, whatever the fuck this is. This Wheeler Walker Jr. business. So then we have this long conversation, which you'll hear in a moment. You know, and it turns out we have a lot in common. Only, you know, I'm a Jew from New Mexico. He's a Jew from Kentucky. And there was just, I don't know. You know, it, it's also part of my own sort of reconstruction around the South like over over the years, I've uh, you know become uh, progressively more enamored with the South, and uh, you know very excited by it, and I, I love going there, and all the stereotypes have sort of you know faded away from me, you know, and and, and to the point where I, I it's one of my favorite parts of the country, but now I get this opportunity to talk about this. You know, with this Jewish guy who grew up in Lexington, grew up listening to country music, and made this country record, you know, with 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 real dudes. I mean, he made it with like the same crew that uh, that does uh, Jason Isbell records, that does uh, Sturgill Simpson records. It was produced by Dave Cobb in Nashville, 
So we got into this conversation about people's understanding or misunderstanding about the stereotype of being Southern and also about being a Jewish Southerner and, uh, you know, about a lot of other things, but about country music specifically, because I'm a guy, I play music. I don't take myself that seriously. And, you know, Ben is a guy that created this character to do this music and really became enamored with playing the music and writing the songs and singing them in character. And we really just had a, co- a conversation about, you know, what is country music and, and who is... Uh, uh entitled to call themselves a, a country musician or a country or a country music record and also just the fact that this is a guy that's not fundamentally a, a, a lifer music wise but enjoyed playing music so we i don't know man he's got a very sort of strange frequency and persistency that i i found uh i i had a good time with ben hoffman talking about all those things and uh and we are going to play a song from the record of his choosing at the end. Um, you know, take it how you're going to take it. You know, it's a Wheeler Walker Jr. country music. But right now, let's, let's go to my conversation with Ben Hall. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Hoffman. Pull that thing into your face. That's what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind um, of a germaphobe, so that's my, I think that's my issue. Are you really? Yeah. Like, how bad? Uh, pretty bad. I mean, we're going right, we're going right into it. Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. No, I don't know. Behavior therapy. I mean, I did the whole fucking thing. You did what whole fucking thing? I did the whole classes. I went to the for germophobia, for OCD. Yeah. Oh, for OCD. Yeah, I had to go. I had to rub a dollar bill on my forehead. And... Whoa, you're talking about this like you know everyone's like, oh yeah, the old. Yeah, I always do rub- that. <laughs> I always explain. It's like you know that thing, and yeah, no where, one's ever where, heard. Where you of have it. to rub a dollar bill on your face. Well, the the they said graduation was to stick. This is not a joke. To stick your hand. Uh, in the toilet. Graduation and was to stick your hand in the toilet. I did not graduate. <laughs> no fucking way. But no, but I did have to like touch the ground. It was like this this new form of OCD therapy and they, you would like touch the ground and then touch your face and then not be able to wash your face or your hands for like six hours. So this is like... Uh, it's like cog- overexposure, yeah. Cognitive conditioning. Yeah. Almost like... Uh, Pavlovian, like yeah, you know, exactly. you just... so when you're in the like on a train holding the, that's nothing. I've I've touched the ground, I've right? Had, I've, I've rubbed no, a dollar bill on my face. I get the uh, so it, I get I get the idea of it. It didn't work. No. It didn't work. I think it worked as a reference point, right? But it, uh, um, you know, I think you need to really stay on it to kind of do, you know? Yeah, 
It's well, not no, like yeah, it's not yeah. like when I shake some disgusting guy's hand, I'm not I'm not like right. oh remember I did this right. thing you're, in this class. And you don't have to wake up wake up in the morning and just rub some money on your face. <laughs> Sleep <laughs> with money. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not like uh, <laughs> going to the gym. Yeah, I don't do it every morning. Yeah. Do you go to the gym? Well, I try to. I haven't been going as much. As but I mean, me. is that because of the germ thing, or just because you're a lazy fuck? Oh, lazy. That's more on the lazy fuck end. Yeah, some of these things. Some of these things get. The lazy fuck, OCD, right. anxiety, yeah, yeah. neuroses, it's hard to know what's what. Sometimes uh, sometimes the uh, the OCD supports the uh, the lazy fuck rationalization. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. the OCD helps. It's like, it doesn't work for me, but you could be, it could be like, you know, you could get obsessive about going to the gym. Right. I, don't, I wish I had that OCD instead of the like... But wait, how long have you had this OCD business? Oh, shit. Your whole life? My whole life, I it got re- I mean, kind of unmanageable. Early twenties, like you fell into yourself, like you couldn't get out of the house, or you were yeah, got afraid well, I, of your own was, hands. It was bad enough that my it's bad enough that my parents noticed because I remember, I remember I would I, I, one time I went out to meet some friends, and then I went to the I had to get gas. I went mm-hmm. to the gas station. I'm like, oh, that pump is covered in Goo. chemicals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went back home. I take a shower. I'm like. Fuck it. What's the point of going out? I mean, like those kind of. I had a bunch of those kind of nights where it was like Ugh. the amount of work it takes to get out of the house. Well, I've gotten into sort of a, a washing my hands thing, but I think that's healthy. Yeah, I think it is. As long as it doesn't get in the way, I'm I'm much better now. But as long as it doesn't get in the way of your life, it's yeah. like yeah. But yours got unmanageable. Yeah, I couldn't do anything. Really? Was, yeah. So wait, now now I just use it as an excuse. Right. You can get out. You know. You can. I can't. Because I got a thing. Yeah, by the time yeah. I wash my hands, there's no, there's no way I can make it out. <laughs> by the time I wash my hands again. Yeah, it's six now. You want to meet at nine, it's not going to happen. Because <laughs> I have some hand washing to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to explain it. but Oh, uh, shit, that's Friday? That's that's shower night. <laughs> yeah, that's several shower day. But uh, So you're not on TV anymore? No. That, yeah. did, that, that also hurts the OCD. Yeah. But what happened? So it was the, um, what was it? It was Ben, what was it called? It was called, well, it was called The Ben Show. The and Ben then, Show. And then some- I feel like I met you during that. Like, I was going to have you on. I probably would have saved oh, the show. By the way, I apologize. By the way, can I tell you what happened during that? With me? Yeah, with this show. I don't I don't think I ever told you this. I No, I, I think I've only met you once. No, we met a couple, t- I think we met a couple of times. Well, but but it, I didn't, I misunderstood you as being unpleasant. Yes, okay. I was. I'm not unpleasant, but this is this will explain it all. So my Twitter, which by the way we both know, Twitter's kind of it's a waste. Fucking, I gotta get out of it. It's, I gotta it, get out it, of it. It feels if you're OCD and also needy, and also an addictive person, it's it's like torturing yourself. It really is. So I decide my thing is just I'm just gonna it's just gonna be lies. I'm just gonna make up shit. Oh, okay. And because I like to fuck with people, I think a, I don't know if you know a couple of them actually got in the news because they they thought it was real. Did oh, really? Know? You, so you, you did some about uh, the, pranking? No, when uh, when Obama was re-election, when Clooney had that thing for Obama, yeah, I tweeted as if I was there, mm-hmm. and I tweeted some like you know like crazy. Sh- I what was the one that got me in the news? I said that I pretended I was hanging out with Billy Gibbons the whole time. Yeah, which, he, obviously he wasn't there because no one. It was like a press <laughs> blackout, so no one was there. So right. I pretended like I was there, like Billy Gibbons. Are you so, friends with Billy? I've never even met him. Yeah, I started describing the speech. Yeah, and so the, everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's at the speech." And this, yeah, and then I, I got said, one. And then I go, uh, "Obama's got kind of a racy thing there." He said, "He, I, I forget the exact quote I put. I put he said um, that Obama said that George Clooney's look at this crowd." 
George Clooney, you know, not a lot of people. Yeah. Cl- Clooney must have more pull than Travolta in a, in a massage parlor or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like a racy joke. Yeah, yeah. and then like the, all the press is just like, you wouldn't believe what Obama's. So then that got me excited. Like I could start fucking with people more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it never, like, I think one word, some Bieber one word. For the most part, it's just me lying. Mm-hmm on Twitter and mm-hmm. trying to get like three dudes in Idaho to believe me and it never and it got oh, traction because people thought you were really there that See, one that, got traction how because, irresponsible is the fucking press that that can happen well that's it's hilarious it's it's amazing but and that was right around but the, what I'm getting to about with yeah. you was so then for no for no reason at all when Seth Meyers got the um, uh, late night gig mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like fucking shit that was my gig I go, it was down to this, again, I've never yeah. met Lauren, I've never met Seth Myers. I yeah. was obviously the last person they would call for yeah. the, to audition for that. Yeah. I go, it was down to me, Tom Green, and Seth Myers. All the NBC execs told me I had the gig, that, but they knew they would have to give it to Seth because of Lauren. Yeah. Uh, again, repeating, don't right. know any of them. And then, of course, 10 people. Like, I would. Th- I was up. hoping it was like thousands, but like yeah. 10 dudes are like, what happened? I started explaining like how I nailed it and yeah. like NBC wanted to hire me. So yeah, like, yeah. But anyway, I start, I, it was one of those things that nobody picked up on. So then I was like, I was so fucking bored. And I go, fuck this, I'm done. I'll explain it all on the WTF podcast Thursday. Yeah. And you just saw that last tweet and you go, I can't do Thursday. Uh, let's, how about next week? And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like the one guy didn't want to trick, read it. And then of course, by the laws of nature, I ran into you at Fogarty yeah. the next oh, right. night. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, fuck, now I look like a fucking ass. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to call you back because you think I'm coming in to talk. I don't know how much yeah. you read backwards. You think I'm coming in to talk about the- I didn't, I don't think I put it all together. I think you just saw that last tweet. Yeah. Like, all right, this guy wants to do the shows. <laughs> but I, like I was demanding to come in. It was just said as a joke and you read the last tweet and I felt like an asshole. So I was like, I got to like keep my distance for like oh, a so year. Oh, so you were uh, awkward? It's weird because I didn't even register it that way. I don't, I don't remember putting it together as uh, being part of some narrative. Well, because well, you're a normal person, you weren't reading every tweet. You just saw the last one that referenced you. Exactly. All I care about is me. Yeah, but this why was... would you re- go back and read my whole timeline? The thing was is that I thought you were going to come on because of the Ben show. I couldn't tell the difference between your on-screen demeanor and what you might be. Well, it <laughs> wasn't that. It wasn't that much different. I mean, I actually really liked the show. I mean, I wasn't. I still can't believe they aired the fucking thing. To be honest with you, it was pretty out there. Um, yeah. I think people kind of got it. To me, it was like, I'm going to do a sketch show. I'm going to show my real life. You know, kind of, yeah. you know, like what mm-hmm. you and Louie are, are doing, but like, I'm going to do a re- I'm just going to show my life. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. people thought I was doing a Kaufman or something, and I right. was, it really was my fucking life. And then it, it <laughs> was just like, your life's not that funny or exciting, you know? <laughs> and then I mixed sketches. So then they really didn't know what it Basically, when, when they call and, like, you know, we're not airing this shit anymore. Well, how did it start? The Ben Show. Where uh, did you fucking come from? Like, you're one of these guys where it's sort of like, oh, this guy's all over the place, and I don't know where, where who he is. And Yeah, well, I'm where... actually from Kentucky, believe it or not. You grew up there? Yeah, I grew up in Kentucky. My family's mostly from Tennessee. Jews uh, from Tennessee? Jews from Tennessee and Kentucky. Do, can you explain that to me, how that happened? Um, I don't... Like, is there generations of Jews from Tennessee? Because I don't know yeah, that I've met well, that many Southern Jews, but I know they've been down there a long time. Well, I, I knew my great-grandmother. She died when I was like 13. Really? She almost made it to bar, my, my bar mitzvah. Yeah. Uh, but it, that killed her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the idea of it. The idea of a bar mitzvah in Kentucky killed her. By the way, there were four bar mitzvahs in my class that year. It must have been a very small uh, temple. I was... Uh, this is... I'm not making this up. My 
my temple was this creaky old building downtown. Four of us. In where? In, in, in Lexington? Lexington. Yeah. Um, not really, you don't really get the cream of the crop rabbis uh, yeah. down there. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's where they go to die, literally. And they, this guy, blind one-legged rabbi. Come on. Come I there, swear to God, you can't out. make this stuff up. You can, and though. You, you can make, you can exactly. You, can, you, you, you could make this stuff up, but I'm not. And he, uh. <laughs> you forget the, sh- the blind people, the shades is not for them, it's for you. Right. But, okay. but they were uncomfortable, so he took them off. So he's like, eyes rolling back in his head, Bahu, you know, it's like uh-huh. a horror movie. Yeah. I'm 10 years old. And then. 13. And no, no this leading before? up to it, oh. yeah. And he. he um, <laughs> so he's. And his, and his fake leg was uncomfortable. So he would put the fake leg, this giant, like, <laughs> white plastic leg with, like, the black rabbi shoe and the black sock up on the table while he's, while he's doing his, you know, Hebrew. And the four of us. Come on. This, and it, 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 it sounds made up like a whole... It, you know, my mom would be dropping me off and I'm grabbing onto the, to the fucking station wagon. Like, we don't want to... And she... We're, we're like... I remember telling the other parent, like, you don't... Uh, this is 11 years old or whatever. Like, and you're, you, you don't little, understand. Like, w- this is a blind, one-legged man. He's taking his leg off. His eyes are rolling back. And he's, he's talking this language that we don't understand. We don't understand. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. And like, we don't want to go. It's just scary. And like, you have a little brother? I have two younger brothers. Yeah. So it's the three of you? No, no, well, it was me and three other guys. They were, you know, in the class before us. My looking back, my parents were actually really smart about that stuff because I remember my dad. I remember like, you know, I don't want to do this. This is stupid, and he just was like, "My dad had to do it. I had to do right. it. Your son will have to." Like he skipped all the like. It's right. when you become a. He skipped all the. Right. Part. He just, knew. He knew that shit wasn't going to work. Right. He's just, just tradition. Like, yeah. Just you shut up to. and do it. Shut up and You're do it. You're a Jew. Was, was the, ex- was the yeah. thing. So you remember your great grandmother was alive though almost. To, to your yeah. Brother? Well, no. She. I remember her telling me she. They put her and her sister on a boat, from Russia, to, Chattanooga, Tennessee in mm-hmm. 1901. Oh, real okay. So my family goes back to. Still that first generation immigrants kind of first generation early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, like they got off the boat because I think there were some Civil War Jews. There were probably not. There can't be that many, right? I don't know. I think I, I, you know, I, I know that this information is out there, and maybe I'm just lazy because it's not the research project I want to be involved with. But I, <laughs> Jews give, in the South, yeah. yeah. Given the history of Jews in the import export business, I happen, I, I have to assume that there must have been Jews that had come over from you know, London or, or Europe that were probably involved in uh, slave trading and God knows what. I mean, they've been around. Jews have been around for a while. Yeah, all my, all my family, and especially in the Nashville area, like Nashville and Chattanooga mm-hmm. and like Murfreesboro around there, they all go way back. I mean, when I go back to Nashville, it's like, it was talking about the show. I remember uh, a couple Thanksgivings. My brother's in a, is in a, my middle brother's in a band. So he always Pretty big man, right? Sis- yeah. What is it? Scissor Sister Sisters? Sisters. Yeah. yeah. So he always gets all the, you know, the props. And I'm always like, I got my own show. I was like, oh, fucking my turn. Yeah. So we take all the kids to a movie thing. We were in Nashville for Thanksgiving. And this yeah. woman, woman comes up to me. She's like, Ben Hoffman? I'm yeah. like, I'm looking back at my brother like, yeah, you fucker. See, check it out. Now it's my turn. <laughs> She's like, I love the Ben show. I was like, fuck yeah, you do. It's, you know, everywhere Thank I go, there's, there's my fans. Yeah. And she's like, you know, every episode's so funny. She's like, do you know? Uh, she's like, I know your uh, your your cousin uh, Robbie. I was like, oh no way! How do you how do you know him? She's like, uh, I'm uh, I'm married to him. I was like, so you're my fucking cousin. It's not a star sign. Doesn't doesn't count. Yeah. You've, so I've had dinner with like you've been to my parents. Yeah. Like what is this? Yeah, it's not real. And then my of course that led back. That to your the, brother loved. But it. yeah, but I, I I go back there and I just it's a really big family in the. 
So, so, so you, you, where were you born? I was born actually in St. Louis because my dad is from St. Louis and uh-huh. he was, uh, you know, doctor. Oh, really? Uh, and he was doing what kind residency. of doctor? Internist. What really? Your, what's your dad? Orthopedic. Okay. Used to be. So your dad's a general practitioner, basically. Yeah, my, full, full service doctor. Yeah, everything. anything. Yeah, he's sort of like he knows a little bit about everything. Well, not when I call, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's well. My youngest brother's a doctor. Really? Um, yeah. So, so that guy turned out okay. He's good. Middle. Well, you know, my other brother. I was always the one they were con- concerned, concerned about. about. You were the oldest one. I was the oldest, and like you know, like when I got the show, that wasn't. It wasn't like oh wow, he has a TV. It was like, I can't believe he's getting up. He's going to a job. Uh huh. Like oh right, he's yeah, getting yeah. out of this. Sh- Showered at yeah, yeah. time, you know he's not watching. You know I see him on TV. He's not having a nervous functioning. Break he's functioning. Yeah, yeah. So that was the bigger news. But your brother's there. band was pretty big, right? Or yeah, they were still. Hu- so I yeah, they're that. they're on a kind of on hiatus right now. He actually just got a place out here. Um, he's doing more writing and producing. But I mean, in in England, there was a point there. I mean, again, I'm some schmuck from kentucky i'd never known a famous person in my life he was probably you know he's the first famous person i knew your own brother his and i used to play music growing up so i was just like playing music now we got a new record we gotta talk about the record we will hey i'm not i'm not here for my health i'm here Mm. to promote um so he uh, he was a concept record yeah he um he was always you know i was in the bands and he was like you know kind of tagging along right you played in rock bands when you were a kid yeah like how old are you i'm 41 so, all right, so you and your two brothers are growing up, little Jews, in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. Your younger brother, obviously, uh, the more disciplined one, the they were youngest. Both, they were both, dis- my middle, the, he's smart, he went to Columbia in New yeah. York. Oh, right, okay. Which is not really a cool rock star. Although, no, I guess no. some- No, smart people go to Brown, you know, the artists, the more artier ones usually yeah. come from Brown. So, he, but, star- he moved but to But he's Ivy League educated. Yeah, and the youngest brother went to good school, and I was the one who was like- the hope was. Can't your brother play a lot of instruments? Oh, yeah, he plays it. Well, on the albums, he plays most of the instruments. Yeah? yeah. But he's by, a bass player by nature? Um, I think he ended up playing... He switches around live on stage. I think he ended up playing bass mostly live because that was the hardest Is one he a hire. wizard, though? Is he like a guitar yeah, wizard? Yeah, I would say my brother's best quality, other than, his, than being gay, is... Um, which you know has helped me a lot. Is uh, how has that helped you a lot? Just met a lot of cool gay guys. You know, I wouldn't have met those guys without that. Yeah. Um, he's really good. He has like the perfect right brain, left brain thing where yeah. he can like you know fix. Like his first record was one of the first. His first record sold. I don't want to you know brag for him. We're here to talk about me, but his first record sold like three million copies in England alone, which uh-huh. means like. A lot. It means everyone bought it twice. Yeah. But that first record, I mean, he engineered it. He kind of built the computer that it played oh, right. on, but also wrote this, you know, co-wrote the songs with his buddy Jason, who's the singer. So he was really, he has what I don't have, which is he can kind of do the technical stuff and the creative stuff. Well, we, I think if you're like me or if your anxiety is at a certain point, is just, you know, thinking about doing the technical stuff is just exhausting. Like, well, I don't take a nap just thinking about well, it. Well, I was like, I was like, you know what? Everyone's doing these podcasts. I'm gonna do a podcast. So I did. I spent like two days. Yeah. And I recorded the you know the song you know the Ben Hoffman podcast Ben Hoffman. And I sent the song around to my friends. They're like, I'm like, what do you think? And they're like, Where's the podcast? You know, <laughs> we're like, we don't want the song because I, I, I then I realized all I wanted was the theme song. Like I don't want to fucking do a podcast. 
So like I spent all the time like that was the cool part for me. So I never just really... doing the song. Yeah, and they're because I was wanting them to go like that's fucking badass. Yeah. So did you do it on GarageBand? No, I my brother taught me how to use um, Pro Tools. What's the Mac Pro Tools? The uh, Logic. Because I called. I was in Kentucky, which yeah. you know, in the nineties. Was... Lexington's nice. There's horses there. Yeah, it's a horse town, allergic, right? I'm a Jewish. I'm allergic to horses. How are you not allergic to horses? I swear to God. You yeah. mean like mentally allergic or really like- no, I would I'm go see- to the races with my friend and I would swell up. I mean, <laughs> like my friends and their parents were already anti-Semitic enough. Yeah. And then I show up at the horse races with them and I like start swelling. I'm like, well, I don't want to go. You <laughs> are know, you serious? Like the whiny Come fucking on. Jew. I swear to God. This, I'm trying. I can't go to the horse races. So what, you'd break out? I, I spent my summers as a farmhand and I would like <laughs> just load up on Claritin and I've taught. I actually was back uh, home recently. I ran. How much it. is this? Is this bullshit? Are you bullshit? I swear this is all fucking real. You want you want Barry Ezrin's number? I'll give it to you. No, I, he was the guy who ran the farm, and I ran to him recently. He said, "Like I never told you, because there's Jewish farmers there." Sure. And I and he's like, "I never told you because you're you know your you know, your parents are friends of mine, but you were the worst farmhand you know, we've ever had. Like it wasn't even close. Number how two is not even. That was probably fourteen. So you they were he was doing your parents a favor, gave you a job. Two summers in a row, I was a farmhand. But like, yeah. what did you do? What was ben- we, my specialty was weed eating? You know what, what that is? With yeah. The, yeah. So that was your specialty. That was my specialty. It was one of the that. few things I could fucking do. And then me and my buddy uh, John, one of the other Jews in town. This is a, this is a, mainly Jewish, right? <laughs> a Jewish employee to farm. <laughs> and uh, we would go out and we would just hide because the farm is so big. Yeah. That we could you could see them coming for yeah. a mile. So we would just hide and like talk about like the new uh you know guns and roses record or whatever it was i've done i've done that and then when you see him coming you like get up <laughs> like, it's like the best one of all was the that pick that i th- only thought was in cartoons and you would go out <laughs> on the street and you would like pick up all the um yeah the wooden trash with the, with with the, with the, the nail pick, on top with the nail on top yes. i thought that was made up i thought i think i made one of those because <laughs> i thought it was the coolest thing i ever saw but the fun part about that is you would see it was on the highway so yeah. you'd see all the crazy shit that, that people would throw away like all Polaroids and yeah, like, yeah. Shit like there was that. so much shit back then. But that then. was actually that was the one part. Like I could, I could, I could have seen myself doing that for a living. I just don't know if there's full time <laughs> picking shit. Yeah. Well, there was sort of a mystery to it when things there was more interesting things to throw away. Well, compared to like mowing or like right. feeding horses, and things the, that people had to get out of the car quickly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I remember one time we we did see the two guys in like the you know the orange suits like walking sure, the, the other way. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like. Yeah, so I'm you, getting paid a lot more than you to do. Well, yeah, you could get that job. You just have to do something really wrong. Yeah, exactly. But it was weird to be like, I thought I'm on the right path, but I'm doing <laughs> the same thing that guy. The same do like the punishment for prison. <laughs> the convicts are doing. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? Did you go to college? I went off to I went to two two years at Tulane in New Orleans. Oh yeah, that's then good. I came back to finished at Kentucky. Kentucky, I, you couldn't handle state going, or something. Just University of Kentucky. Yeah. You couldn't handle I was New a, Orleans. I, I was. A, I was just a. I just wasn't ready for college. I don't think. Would you freak out? We did you like? Were you yeah. one of those guys? Did you have to go to the doctor? Well, I think it was when all this neuroses kind of started, and then I'm like away from home, and you know, like. Uh, how was, how did it manifest to, itself? Like were you just like, real neuro? And then of course you know. But you like, get there and you're like, ah, what, what were you studying? Were you like, were you? I didn't fuck. I was just so lost. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted. So you're one of those guys that like, basically my parents met at Tulane. Okay. So in high school, I was like, someone had told me like, if you're like, a, what's it called, legacy, mm-hmm. you can get it. It's easier to get into a school. I'm like, right. oh, I'll just apply there, and that's and then I can get it out of the way. It's just like 
Yeah. I'll just get in really fast. And yeah. Have to think. I didn't think think about it. And I went there. I'm like, what the what the fuck am I doing? And it was very strange. School it was like, you know, because I was I was thought of there as a hick. Yeah. You know, like some dude from Kentucky, and I'm like. Fuck! I drove twelve hours due south to get here. You asshole! It's all these Jersey and New York kind yeah, of guys. Yeah, yeah. And I remember my mom would leave me messages on the machine, and they're like, you know, Benjamin, you know, give me a call. And they're like, ah, your mom's a redneck. I'm like, we're in fucking Louisiana. Because <laughs> oh, from... of the southern voice, the southern yeah, accent. Yeah, it was back in the answer machine. I remember my brother said he had the same issue at yeah, Columbia. Columbia. I remember him telling me once that uh, some of the people in the dorm, I'd never heard of this one before. They said that he's like back before cell phones he goes your your phone bills must be crazy and he's like why he's like because you talk so slow really and i i guess i've lost my accent i don't i, I mean, don't hear it really a little I think maybe very I, little i don't drink much but when i do i guess it comes out a little does bit. it but um came out on came out on this record i'll tell you that uh, uh but yeah. um i think it's a it's an important uh career shift moving into country music yeah <laughs> that was my goal all along that was the point of this. That's what the fucking show was for. The show wasn't. The show was a way to get into music. The Ben show was the just on the way to. to oh no! Yeah, we I, we did get cut off there. So anyway, the it was called the Ben show, but then there was a magician in Canada, who had a magic show called the Ben show. Yeah, and they're like, oh no, that's that's a legal problem. I'm like, Comedy Central said can't do it. Yeah, I'm like, the sh- we 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 went to the Ben show website. This guy, this magician, the magic it had like 50 views, probably all Comedy Central lawyers. Yeah. And he ends the show by saying, have a good afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a daytime magic show, live. <laughs> anyway, so they made me call it the Ben Show with Ben Hoffman, which is like the most pretentious. <laughs> it's like, I don't need my name in it once, much less twice. So all, then all of a sudden it's like, became, you know, like my name fucking everywhere. And but like, how long ago was that? The Ben Show was? I was 30, 39. 39. So, okay. I'm when 41 now. Yeah. You're 41. So what the or fuck? 38 when I got it. And well, I think the, I would say my first eight years in LA was like. So you were here eight years before the Ben show? Yeah. Well, it, I was, I was going to say is I think my first eight years, it took me like eight years to get to step one and then like step one. That's to, about right though. It's about right. But I'm saying then I skipped like five step. you know, then I, I was working on sports show with Norm McDonald. But wait, so where do you, okay. So you finished up college in Kentucky and you majored in what? I think it ended up being like journalism, advertising, whatever was the, I remember whatever. The, whatever you could cobble together at the end. Whatever these credit credits wise. do. Uh, and they're like, how about advertising? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. You get to work with cameras. Yeah. It's not really the same. Yeah. So you graduate college and your parents are like, so what now? I had no fucking, I mean. But I, that, did they say that? Like, cause it seems like there's a big gap. Like what you. I moved here when I was 25. Okay. All right. But when, when you left yeah. Kentucky. I left Kentucky and then. Were your parents like, it's okay, Ben. No, no, no. I don't remember it's okay. Listen, I love my parents and we get along really well, but it's okay, Ben, was not... I don't remember that phrase. But I remember... Um, so after college, I was literally like, I do not know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about, you know... I was like, what's the job you want? I'm a rock star. I'd love to, sure, like to do yeah. that. Where do you apply I for still that? have a $20 guitar. If, yeah. if I'd known my fucking brother could do it, I probably would have gone for it. But... I remember some friends moved out to Portland, had a house in Portland, for, and it was like the rooms for like 250 bucks a room. Yeah. I was like, fuck, let's, Portland, out that, west, sure. that's, where, that's where I was meant to be, out west, that lasted about six months. You went to Portland? What yeah. happened there? So wait, let's get back to something. So, and then, because I, I just want to, I, I want to know better, because you, you have a fairly consistent demeanor here on the mic. Yeah. 
But <laughs> at some point, <laughs> that fragmented at some point. Yeah, I mean, even when I lose when you, my mind, I'm pretty mellow about it. Really? Yeah. But when you go, when you say you went to college, because when I went to college freshman year, you know, I was pretty fucking lost, and, and you end up hanging around with a lot of different people to try and find yourself. Or were you more isolating? Did you find a clique no, of dudes? No, I, I, I was like, that was when Did I- you write fr- for the paper? I had no, no, I had nothing. I was like, oh, I'll just get fucked up and hang. Oh, so you, what, booze? Coke? Mainly what? booze. I mean, I remember I did, I'm just too neurotic for those stuff. I remember I did uh, did mushrooms once Yeah. and decided, to, I remember being at a porta potty at a, um, outside a porta potty during um, uh, Mardi Gras yeah. and deciding that, I remember looking up at the sky, I was like, Lord- and I'm not a religious person. If you get me out of this, I will pay you back by becoming a rabbi. And then I, I that was woke, your mushroom experience. That was my mushroom experience. So I woke up the next morning, and I was like, I mean, of course, talking to the wall, like, listen, you don't want me to become a rabbi. I don't want to be a rabbi. Let's forget this happened. I'm okay now. Yeah, I'm fine. Like. Let's just, I, I won't touch drugs, yeah. you, you know, psychedelics yeah, are not my thing. I like that you came down and still felt like you needed to renegotiate. You know, I came down, I was like, we, I said some stuff last night that I shouldn't have said. <laughs> but also, there's no, there's no world that needs, that wants me. As, and also the idea that whatever my brain thought that becoming a rabbi would, yeah. would even it out. Yeah. It's so weird. But I remember just, if you're going to try psychedelics, Mardi yeah. Gras is not the place. Shit, no, man. To, no. I remember this guy. I remember I took. It I only and, tripped during the day. Like I couldn't. I couldn't handle it that well. It was not my thing because I, I hate it. Well, I hate like it. I don't have a, a, a. I didn't have a strong enough sense of self to begin with. So expanding that, it yeah. just amplifies the vulnerability. And you know, you just like feel like you're. A well, r- that's what everyone says. Like it'll expand your mind. I was like, I I, yeah. it's like I want to shrink my mind. <laughs> I need to tighten uh, it up. I'm so, I'm so I'm so fucking lost, and I'm thinking about so much crazy uh, shit. Yeah, right. And then this you just go way out there. Like one time, I took mushrooms by myself in New York at night and all the other times i'd done it was during the day with friends where you're like let's go outside and it was okay you could carry yourself but like i was just by myself at night i'm like i'm gonna go out and i'm like oh no it's just evil everywhere so you're in Tulane for two years you lose your shit a little bit or you just didn't know what the fuck you're doing you go back to kentucky so your parents are there so at least you have some familiarity do my laundry yeah right (laughs) and then you did your laundry at your parents house or your mom actually did it for you no she stopped doing my laundry when i was like 10 yeah but you know, you you tried to you know try to convince yourself that you were living your own life, I guess, a little bit, or were they still supporting the uh, the confusion? No, no. Can, then after Kentucky, like six months in Portland, then I came. It was all these like starts and stops. What happened was, in Portland though? That must have been. It was what? just like it, nothing bad happened. It was it was, that was when really when it was like. I got to figure out what this shit is like. This. So you're just living in a group house with a bunch of fucking stoners, and people are trying to figure shit out. I mean, a, my buddy who I'm still friends with, he's he's like a um, city planner now. Like he like some in Portland, kind of, and then he moved. He just moved to Seattle. He's doing city planning there. So he uh, you know, got a real job. Yeah, a couple of those guys got real jobs. A couple who knows, right? Where they are, and then I, I just love but, that group housing. Like yeah, like people like not everybody lives that thing where you're just sort of like I'm just gonna move into this place with all these freaks. You don't really know them. Yeah, well, I had like, yeah, exactly. I had like one friend there and the other four are just like, like what the fuck is happening? Who are the fuck are Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. And wh- where's my food? And then when <laughs> you get your own place after that, yeah. it's fucking heaven. It's heaven and then you just sort of like, well, now what do I do? That was my problem. You get your own place and it's like, this is sad too. Like, I liked having my own place in New York, but like, I remember just napping a lot. Yeah, I get a lot kind of, of napping. It gets kind of depressing, but I just, remember, I just remember being so excited like, 
it's my place so nobody where, nobody peed in the water or you know like, yeah yeah and that it, was chicago well then i yeah then i moved to chicago then i was like that's what i was like i'm gonna try this comedy thing out oh okay so i start taking class at second city but not stand up necessarily just I've comedy never, I've, I've only i've never done stand i've did stand up 10 times in my life so um, you go to okay so you go to chicago you, because of what what inspires you what what did you see well you know i was just like all these like what am i gonna do and i was like I've always loved, you know, and I hate to sound like too much of a, you know, hayseed, but like in Kentucky, like I don't really even know that these jobs, like I'm not stupid. I know the different strokes isn't an improv show, but I, the idea that like you can write the, like, cause I wanted to be a, a writer, yeah. some sort of writer. I was yeah. like, but I can not like, a, I know I'm not a, like a novelist. Right. So I'm still uh, laughing about the renegotiation with God. Like I said some things. I wonder, if he's, I wonder if he's still, uh, I wonder if I still owe him. I would assume I'm in the clear now, right? <laughs> but just the idea that, like, you know, I'll be a rabbi if you get me through this, and then the next day you're like, you know, that was some crazy talk. Well, that's my thing, too, is, like, when people offer me drugs, I'm like, no. <laughs> because last time I did it, I, d I decided to become a rabbi. I don't want any drug that makes me want to become a rabbi. At the time, it sounded like a good... What's, what's so crazy is at the time, it sounded like a good idea. <laughs> You could see yourself as a rabbi. I, like the, I actually literally could see myself as a you, rabbi. You, you're going to use this horrible experience. Well, then I could teach other people not to go down the path I took. And I would have been the worst fucking rabbi of all time. Uh, all right, um, so you know that you, you're not a novelist and that you know different. You, know, you knew that Different Strokes wasn't an improv show, right? Yeah, yeah, so so you had some sense. So I'm like, but I can write. I yeah. know that. So I'm like, I was like, why don't I take classes at Second City? And then I could like kind of learn, not as wanting to be a performer, but like kind of learning just some kind of experience in com you know, I'm with, with a group of, right, right. Do, who is some it? great teachers. I don't, who'd you teach? Who is it? Who, who were a bunch teachers? Of guys who are on, but I remember going down to the, see the show. Like it must've been from their breaks from SNL, like seeing Tina Fey and Rachel Dratch and all that. They were on there st on stage. Yeah, yeah. On the stage, not right. in the classes. Um, and, um, what happened with me was a, a girl in the, my class. It's like, do you want to, audition she's like i work at an advertising firm do you want to audition to be an extra in a commercial i'm like well what's it pay she's like a hundred bucks i was like i'll never have to work again yes yeah, yeah. sounds great <laughs> this is and i go thing. audition to be an extra and i got the lead in the commercial which was not i mean local commercial it was actually a national commercial so what co what commercial it was like a radio it was a radio station but they like put you know like whatever like k-rock but yeah. whatever you know whatever city they would change the right right the station thing i was like that's all i gotta do to be in. i was like i got some checks in the mail i'm like where do they where's more of this yeah and then i started doing second city out in uh out here did you do the whole program uh most well i halfway through it is when i had this realization that i could actually be in commercials it's like i that's the perfect plan i'll I'll do my writing during the day, and then I'll fucking do commercials. Um, and you've probably done these commercials. Before. Never did. You never did. I I think I auditioned for one or two, and I was like, yeah. It, I mean, I was awful at it, but you know, when you need this Jewish schlub, I could kind of do right. That. Well, no, yeah, they like the everyman guy. I don't know. I don't fit anything. I'm just like this. Well, I thing. didn't really, but I also got in a lot of. I remember getting in, my thing was I didn't, and it was not a put on. I really didn't give a shit. I yeah. was just like, like I would go to an audition, and there'd be like, you know, for like. Uh, 
Carl's Jr. and there's like 12 burgers there. Like, we need you to eat this burger while you're, right. while you're Look like smiling. you like it. And I'm like, this burger's been sitting out all fucking day. I'm not, eat- I'm not eating this fucking thing. Yeah. I was like, I'll eat it if I book the commercial. Like, no, no, we need to see you eating the burger now. I was like, I'll just eat the bun. This, this meat has been sitting here. You know, my, right. The germaphobe you know, yeah. steps in. Like, I'm not eating this. It's like, if you don't eat the burger, you're not, you can't audition. Well, like, like you know, fuck this, fuck this burger, fuck you, I'm out. And then I get a call like, we like his attitude, you know. <laughs> Maybe maybe he's the guy who don't, won't eat the burger, but then he he talks to me, you know. So like I was like working on my uh, writing during the day, but the commercial stuff kind of can make you lazy because you can make enough to pay your bills, yeah, but not enough to like live law, you know. Like yeah. today I'm gonna go out, and I'm gonna go to the library and write a screenplay. And yeah. You stop by the mailbox, there's like eight grand from some like Wendy's commercial, and you're like. You know what? I'm going to take a nap first because yeah. I'm good for a few months and then I'll go back. So you leave Chicago with the big, uh, with the commercial money. You drive yeah, I out. I got 600 bucks in my pocket. Yeah. yeah. You drive out? Drive out with my Nissan Altima in the back. Yeah. And uh, and you live with who? I got my own, pl- my co- I had one person I knew here, which is my cousin's cousin who wasn't officially related to me. I never met her before, but she's like, there's an opening in my building. It wasn't that expensive in West Hollywood. And I'm like, I'm here to fucking make it. Yeah. And 10 years later, I did for eight weeks. <laughs> ten, <laughs> 10 years later, I got a bill where on Sunset Boulevard that, that was up for a week. That means something. I had one too. It was very exciting. I fought for it. My epic special. I was like, I, and they're like, you know, billboards yeah, aren't that effective. And I'm like, can you just put one? In the city where show business is? That's the, that is the point of the yeah. billboard. Yeah. Because like, it's not about promotion. Like, there's no fucking billboards for movies where I grew up. Like, no, there's billboards cares? for like furniture stores. Yeah, but it is. It really. I would say that billboard probably helped my career more than anything because people are like, you'd go to me- you go to meetings now. They're like, oh yeah, how drove you drove past your thing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like, they drove. That's yeah. It's only for themselves. Yeah, I just wanted. I just it, to me, it was sort of like I just want to be um, validated. You know, on that level, I want. I wanted yeah. to see a, a billboard, and uh, they put one up there, and and I don't think anybody watched a special. The billboard, the billboard it is a big move because I remember my brother was in town, so we got we drove up to it and like yeah. he took takes a sure. picture and then of course people driving down Sunset are like making fun of you. This one I remember this one guy goes, "Hey, you fucking loser! You never had a billboard before?" I'm like, no, I never had. It. What the fuck have you? <laughs> like he, he was that like, to you? yeah, he's like, you loser. It wasn't yeah. the guy with the billboard. Of course, I'm, I'm surprised I'm not here every night <laughs> taking pictures. <laughs> Uh, but right, so you move into West Hollywood and you got the big plan and you, and you, then I was you sign up be, over at the improv and then I was like gonna start you know I wanted to be a comedy writer and then I just start working or you know it's a hard but you did commercials did commercials and that got you by did you that s- got me by yeah. you saved some money from that I mean did you make a yeah, lot I of got, money I didn't make a, a lot I mean I had some day jobs here and there like I was like to age myself I remember there was a you know not you, really, you, got, you already but, said your age so yeah, but I I guess that I guess naming my age ages myself. Yeah. But I had a job at uh, you know like on your show where you grab all that generic music from that service. It oh, used yeah, to be yeah, it yeah, used yeah. to be that they would you actually have to call like, you know, and get it on a CD. Yeah. I stocked those CDs at like like people would call like I'm making a horror film and uh need some- <laughs> I need some horror music and it's like, "Well, we've got 10 horror CDs filled with horror music. Ben will grab them and he'll send a messenger over to you and get them for you." You that guy. Like, you fucking asshole! This sounds like yeah, like sound of music. This is bull, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you some new stuff, sir. You know, yeah, that I was, was like the stock boy right. at, the, at the the music wholesale at, place. The music wholesale place, which is now basically a website. Yeah, yeah. 
So <laughs> I was going to say they lost tons of job, but they really only lost my job. Yeah. Um. So I did that, and then. It's so weird the jobs you get when you're in show, like when you're starting out in show business. Like, like the first time I came out here, I got a job. Uh, synop. What do you call it when you you write uh, synopsises of oh, screenplays? Yeah. Uh, some you know, like you know, they just give you a stack of screenplays, and you're just supposed to see. Write, that would be awesome. Yeah. Write a synopsis. You would think it'd be awesome. Probably. But I put too much, uh, you know, too much personality in them. <laughs> <laughs> in a weird turn, you know. This- <laughs> In a, in a in a decision I would not have made. Yeah, exactly. It, now, was, it was for like Canon Films back when that was around. It is true those jobs because especially you know Albuquerque. They're jobs that people get you. But Albuquerque or Kentucky, like the fact that this job because I remember so that my cousin's cousin, yeah, who I didn't even know. I think it's like, actually called a script reader. Yeah, yeah. which to me was, uh, that was a job I would have died for. But I um, she, my cousin's cousin had a friend who I didn't know. She's like. I was like, I need a job, just a job, you know, something to pay the bills. And she's like, oh, I used to work on the, you know, production company. I can get you a job as an assistant on some, right. you know, this new- um, Oh, yeah, I did PA Ed, work too. Eddie Murphy, Robert De Niro film. I was like, per, you know, that'd be awesome. I actually get to see a film set. I get yeah. to see cameras. Everything. Learn things. So I go, they're like, your appointment to meet is like um, one o'clock at Warner Brothers. Like, oh, I get to go in the Warner Brothers Isn't it exciting that first yeah. time you do that? It's crazy. So I go there. And I walk up to the woman. She's like, any friend of Elise's is a friend of mine. And I just smile. I don't know who Elise is. a friend of a friend of a friend. I don't know yeah, who she yeah. is. Like, I love her. Yeah. She's great. You know. Yeah. So I didn't know that knowing her, quote unquote knowing her, um, got me past like five different right. things. So literally I'm waiting eight hours at Warner Brothers for this interview. And I don't know. It was just, I was like, it's an assistant job. Just ask me whatever. Yeah. You know, do. And again, true story. They're like, all right. And they're just like, we just you need to sign off from this guy Bob. And like this guy Bob, I was like, what the fuck is this guy Bob? He's it's been eight hours. Yeah. And they finally bring me in. It's like Bob can meet you now. I go in there, Robert De Niro. Get out of here. I swear to God, it was to be his personal assistant. Right. And I'm, you know how like when you're so on the movie, on on the movie, I'd never had. I, I was so thrown off by seeing Robert De Niro in person in 3D yeah that I was so relaxed because I remember he go he's like um I was like I'll just just be yourself do yeah. not lie just be yeah. yourself he'll appreciate that he's like do you have any personal uh, assistant experience I'm like no he's like are you good with children I'm like no he's like could you know I've got dogs could you take care of the dogs I'm like no no I'm really bad with dogs and and he I, I noticed he starts laughing and stuff <laughs> And he starts crying. He's like, I'm interviewing the least qualified person. I've like, how the fuck? Because of this Elise person, yeah. I got through the, yeah. the gates. Right. And he just starts cracking up. And he's like, like, what could, like, if you could, like, <laughs> like, if I need batteries on sets, could you go buy them? And I was like, I get, I mean, I don't really know my way. I just moved here. I don't know my way around. He's, and he goes, what do you want to do? I go, I want to make movies. But then I thought to myself, I was like, fuck, then they'll think I'm using them. Right. And I made, I go, I made some, he goes, have you made any, I go, I made some short films. And he's like, how were they? So that's when I hit me, like, you know, don't, you know, yeah. be self-deprecating. I go, they're the worst things you've ever seen, sir. <laughs> and he just, that's when he loses it. And he's just like, so, he's like, so he, nice. He's media. laughing? He's cracking up. And the next day I get a call from the woman yeah. who's like, you know, his go-to guy, go-to woman. And she's like, I just want to say, Bob wanted me, like, we usually don't call when you don't get that. But like, Bob wanted me to call you. Because he loved you so much, but we have never met anyone less qualified 
for this job than you. You have zero of the qual. Like he was basically because he thought you were funny. Like he was trying to help you get the job. Like can you take care? And I kept saying no because like, you know, can you drive a stick shift? Because I guess he. I was like, I was like, no. It's like everything he said, I said no to to try to be like he'll appreciate my honesty. At some point, you got to lie that you can do something. Right. Get so, batteries. but like those are the jobs I always rem- like. And I remember one time someone, I I went to a temp agency and they called me up. It was like a showbiz temp agency, and they're like. Do you want to work for? We got a job at Tim Burton's production company. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, big Tim Burton fan. Yeah. We love to, you know, yeah. be a PA there. I go, yeah. I notice it's kind of like a residential place. It's yeah. Like this is weird. And I yeah. go, it's a fucking this really nice condo. And I walk in, and it's just, and it's his wife at the time, her girlfriend, Lisa Marie. Uh, remember? She's like, do you know how to wrap presents? I'm like, no. He's like, I'll teach. I was at his. I was in his fucking. Condo wrapping presents. She's like, and I, re- I remember delivering them to like Johnny Ramone. Uh-huh. Remember Nick Nicholas Cage's like Jew eating dogs outside. Yeah, like tried to attack. I was like, you just hire a temp to wrap your presents and then go deliver them to all like the major stars. It's like, but to, even then it was so exciting. I'm just yeah. like calling my friends back home. Yeah. I was just at Nicholas Cage's house. Did you see Nicholas Cage? No, he was. I think yeah. he'd been warned. To stay, to stay <laughs> so, so that how what was that like a few days that job and that was that? I think it was two days. Yeah, yeah. I was wrapping. I learned how to wrap presents, mm-hmm. delivered them to all of Tim Burton's friends, and then that was it. Was it. Just a seasonal job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have presents year round. So when uh, what 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 would you consider your your big break? I mean, so you're kicking around, you're writing well, my, shit, and you're yeah, doing my, improv. And... Well, then I got a job kind of writing and being a correspondent on this. Um, what I consider Al Gore's tax write-off, which was that current TV channel. Sure, I remember when that happened, because I was at Air America. So was that 2006? Yeah, something? around then. And then Madeline, who co-created The Daily Show, co-created- Madeline created, Smithberg? Smithberg created the show that was supposed to be the young, hip Daily Show. Oh, I kind of remember and this, And it, ne- it was neither of those things. I kind of remember this. Some executive came in, like, either there was an aberration or our ratings went way up next last week. And I remember, the, and then the next week they're like, "It was an aberration." What was it? We had a point zero zero. The ratings were a zero. Because <laughs> then, I, then I got in trouble because I had an, I had a plan for them. I'm like, "Listen, it was right around that everyone's those new HDs TVs." I was like, "Listen, just try this from eight to nine. You air color bars. You put out ads that like channel one forty two or whatever it was. That's the station you turn to to like adjust your TV, <laughs> like." That's funny, ever you know that would at least yeah. get people to know in their brain, like and see if the ratings just see if the ratings go up. This is for current it. though, so they have an agenda and they, they don't have an want agenda. It, they don't and want their, their sense of humor is very. And I'm good. trying to do comedy didn't work, but my big leading to my big break was I, to me was my big break was. Uh, How I many shows made, did you do though? Oh, I was there for a couple of years at current. Yeah, doing that show. That was a it was a gig. I mean, it was so all you I were had, hosting it, hosting and right. I mean, right, that's I actually in fairness I learned a lot. I mean, I was. Editing my own pieces, writing them, you know. What like, was it called? It's called Infomania. That's when I, it's like, I, I, that's when I really like kind of, bulk, I'm like in my early mid thirties, like, this is enough with the joker. Like, I got to get a fucking job. Like, I, I came out here with, a, I want to do good shit. And, but you learned on that show. You did. I learned a lot. And then my, made a living, made a living. And I sent, I got my writing, my stuff over to sports show with Norm McDonald. And Norm hired me on that show, and that was like, like, that was, 
what kind of started everything. That was a network show. That was a Comedy Central. Yeah. But it was like, that was when I was like, because in my head, I was always like, listen, I'm not the smartest or the funniest guy, you know, but I think if I'm in the room with the best, smartest, funniest people, I can keep up. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm the, you know, I just think, I just need an opportunity just to be around these people and see if I can keep up. And that was... And, you know, everyone wants to write for Norm, and he's the funniest, to me, the funniest fucking guy ever. And, you know, you get going from current TV to, like, you know, I'm sharing an office with Steve O'Donnell, who, like, ran Letterman for 13 years, and Jeff Martin, who, you know, Simpsons, Letterman, Conan, and Frank Sebastiano. Like, all these guys, like, you know, who I know the credits, because I watch all these shows, and I'm like, holy shit, like, and I'm not... I'm not at their level, right? But I'm not getting laughed at, right? So that was kind of my big laughed at in the wrong way. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm not getting the most, but I can, I can, I, I'm one of the gang, you yeah. know. Like I'm not the you could, you could hang. I could hang, and yeah. I could get stuff on. I could make myself useful enough to get stuff. And on you the got air. on camera too, right? And then I got on camera, and then Comedy Central's like, you know, if you ever want to do a pilot. You know, come on, you know, we'll talk about it. And then I went in and I told them about this idea for a pilot. And they gave me 50 grand to make a pilot, which, right. as you know, is like, you know, yeah. craft service money. But anyway, so I was just like, but then I got met, you know, Mike Gibbons, who, who yeah. co hosts uh, Fitz. with the Fitz. So he he co created Tosh, and I'd met him on um, Norm's show. Yeah. He, he co ran that. And I, he was like, yeah, let's just, he's like, for 50 grand, you don't have to talk to them. You don't have to listen to them. Right. We'll go make whatever the fuck we want to make. I'm like, okay, yeah, and we made this fucking crazy. Th- that was thing. the one with the one with the where you go to the therapist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we and it was just like me and like girls who dumped me and like it was just kind of my real life mixed with kind kind of I was trying to do a narrative sketch show showing my real life, and we turned it in and they they were like they thought it was a joke they're like we thought they thought they didn't pr- it was X ray I mean it was so dirty yeah and. It was one of those things where, like, kind of the assistants around them yeah. started picking it up and laughing. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is really funny. And then, and then, and then again, when they were done, I was like, I get, you know. You I did said, what, 14, 13? Fuck, 14. No, what am I, Rockefeller? No, I did, I did eight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had no lead in or anything. I mean, the ratings weren't awful, but it was, de- it, they let me know it was not a ratings decision. It was like, we don't want this on. TV. Well, but they're really it, cool about it. Was it? Did it come down to you and Nathan? I think it. You know what? I hate to say that because I love Nathan's show and Nathan's a friend. But I wish they hadn't told me. But yeah, it was like they told me. It was We've like, only got one room for one on the street Jew. <laughs> yeah, we can only have one Jew walking the streets with the camera per L.A. law. law. But I think you know it's a. It was the right decision. His show is so great that it's it's hard to argue with that decision. He just has like a. It, that's like a show with a clear point of view and like a a thing where mine was just kind of me dicking around. Yeah. So it kind of made sense. And again, when they, I, mean, I did a pilot for them six months after my. What show. was that? I actually, yeah, you know, I don't want to throw names, but uh, so Danny McBride and his whole gang were fans of the show, and they're like, he had this idea. <laughs> actually, I thought this was a really funny pilot. He had this idea where like I had a, a talk show where I had lost my TV show. I had to move back in with my parents move into my parents' basement. Yeah. And have to have celebrities come over and spe- sure. it was called Sleeping with Ben and yeah. it was really weird. I mean it was like much weirder than I'm explaining. 
and they're like, we want you back on the air. We want to do it. And then they watched it and they're like, I think we're good. You know, I think we're okay. I think <laughs> we've had enough fall. Uh, but I still, I mean, I did a couple, you know, wrote on some of the roasts and some of the other. Oh, you did? Shit like that too. So, so you're still I, on I'm, good I, terms. I'm still on good terms. Getting, giving me the show was a much bigger deal than taking it away. Yeah. Um, and getting that show led to a lot of, I was going to say a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff that didn't air, but. Well, let's uh, talk about the album because, like, you know, I, I, it's so funny because before I, I actually, maybe I wasn't paying attention that you'd been pitched, but I get a lot of CDs from a lot of different record places just out of nowhere. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I saw this one and I'm like, is this guy related to Jerry Jeff or what the fuck? Because I, because <laughs> I, you know, because I get you. I well, mean, that, I, this was the first, because I'm, I'm only doing press for this album in character. And then when LeBove called about this, I'm like, I'm not doing this and fuck, you know, yeah, like, I like a, the show. Like, that'd I'm be not, a long hour. It'd be a long hour, but also as a fan of the show, I wouldn't want to listen to me and I barely want to listen to me as me, like much less listen to me in like this character. But I, So Wheeler Walker Jr., the album is Redneck Shit. Yeah. So like, let's let's play it like as if, um, just that well, curiosity. Here's the pl- here was the idea. But I, I'd, I'd like to talk to the character for a minute. And it's, I, it's, it's really just me, just me with a little bit of a, of a, it's too embarrassing. It's that's the thing too is like I don't want to do it in character because it's really just me. Have you done any of that press for radio? Oh, tons, yeah, yeah. Oh, not the- tons, but yeah, yeah. We've done like I just we just played with David Allen Coe in Nashville. Oh, you did? Yeah. No, but I do. And you put on the getup? Oh yeah. No, I go to I go to podcasts in that getup, and then they come afterwards. They're like, "Hey Ben," I'm like, "I don't know who you're talking about." Like I, I just, I just really enjoy fucking with people. I guess. Oh, yeah. But the but the album itself is. I mean, listen, you can read the song titles and know it's a comedy record. Right, right. But it's a legit... I love country music. I, told, I mean, obviously, I grew up in the South and grew who up... Who were your guys? Um, I, it's funny. The guys who pl- produced it and played with me on the record have kind of the same trajectory as me, which is, you know, you grow up with it, Waylon and all those guys around, then you go through your rock phase. Right. Then you kind of move away and you're like, fuck, I fucking... Then so, one of your hipster buddies puts on Waylon. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, my uncle lives down the street. From, you know, like Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just love Waylon and Willie. And, yeah. you know, I love the Leuven Brothers old stuff and uh, Ever- Everly Brothers. And um, I was listening to so much George, George Jones. Jones. George Jones is one of my favorites. He's this the guy, best. He's produced George Jones. The guy who produced this produced George Jones? Well, Dave Cobb is the producer. I don't want to get him too much trouble. He's probably the hottest country producer out there right now. Not a joke. He yeah. did that new Chris Stapleton record and uh-huh. did. Um, Sturgill Simpson and Jason Isbell and all those guys, I love all these, that. all those guys I love, and I met him th- through some people. Yeah, and um, I was like, I've always wanted to make a country record, like yeah. a legit country record. Mm-hmm. But obviously, okay, it's going to come out as comedy if I do it. And I played him some demos, and he's like, "Let's fucking do it!" <laughs> like he was just like, I was expecting. It almost freaked me out too much. Like he, I was like, yeah. Like maybe it's I've got the wrong Dave Cobb or something. Like maybe yeah. it's a scam, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna be in Nashville on Thanksgiving if you can do it for a few days there. So, like, I grabbed his his kind of go to band who are now buddies of mine. They they played on Sturgill's first record, Shooter's old band. Some of these guys toured with Jamie Johnson. They played with Will. I mean, they played with George. All these guys. They played with all these, and they're the best. Are they old guys? They're around. I mean, they were younger when they played you know, with the older guys, but they're, you know, around our age, yeah. kind of. Um, and the best musicians I've ever heard. And I went to the studio. It's the first thing I've ever done where I walked out and it was like, 
this is better than I thought. Like, this is a fucking killer country album. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck just happened? Because, you know, like I said, it is a comedy record. Don't get me wrong. But I really do have such a, a passion for country music. No, that- I listen to it. And it's like, it, it sounds like a country record. It know, is except- a country. That's what. And even some of the titles, I mean, it's just, you know. There's one called, like, I Can't Fuck You Off My Mind. Like, that's just, I can't drink you off my mind. We just kind of, you know, I yeah, tell you. Yeah, well, you know, fuck, fucking someone out of your heart is something. Um, I've said that before. Yeah, I mean, and, it's a and real I, thing. And so it's like, I just love country music so much. And I was like, it wasn't really my plan when I went into it. I was like, um, obviously, I just wanted to make, I wanted to make, like, the most legit comedy Right, authentic country comedy record ever made. But the character, so you, you, you know, when you go out and you, you're performing it, yeah, and you you I'm just go, now starting to you, yeah. and you go out with the hat, and how's that feel? Great, it's so much fucking fun. Because I'm, I'd always, I always was envious of like you guys who had your stand up. You can go do your yeah. thing, whatever you want, and I go play these shows, and I got the cowboy, and I'm like, yeah, fuck you, and it's like this attitude, this yeah. all the stuff building up inside. Obviously, yeah. this is sure this is the therapist part. There's all this fuck you and like fuck mainstream country fuck because I do get pissed when I hear this kind of mainstream country slop uh-huh. and I hear and also because of it's also weird for me too like I said having all the family back in Nashville I grew up with this kind of Nashville was a fucking uh, ghost town and now it's the hippest place yeah now it's hipsterville yeah and I go back there and these dumps are you know two grand a month and like it's just it's kind of a new town and it's really slick stuff and I'm like. There are some people doing, you know, what I consider real country, but there's not that much of it. It's like, what if I could do both? What if I can make a country record and a comedy? What if I can make a comedy record, but actually make it legit country? I mean, yeah. do it with these guys who are playing on, on these guys who are playing on my and making my favorite country record. Right. Um, so, what's the plan then? The ben? plan is well, this is really. I mean, my I'm not. My guess is that the fans that we're marketing this to, none of the. It's like this is a whole different. It's right. really going to sear like uh, uh, Mojo's been playing a lot on on Outlaw Countries. Seriously. Yeah. So it's really like we're doing it legit country. We're doing the co- we're doing country venues and so you'll play a whole set. You playing guitar? I play guitar and sing. Yeah. And, I mean that was the part I was you know self conscious about was my vocals and he's yeah. like no it sounds good. So you- and then you get into the argument too of like what is authentic country? You know because I'm in the studio there and like. These guys, you know, to the, to to them, I'm this guy from Hollywood who came out and made a record. I mean, we're friends now, but at the first day or two, it was like the studio guys and the, you know, they're like, this guy's from a TV show comes out to make this record. Right. I'm like, we're literally out that window is the high school my mom went to. Yeah. Like you're from fucking uh, Ohio. Yeah. Like what the fuck? <laughs> fuck you. Like what is you know? Right. Like these guys who put on their cowboy hats and the. Actually, there was one really good article, because I'm trying not to use my real name in the shit, but one guy wrote a really good article about kind of like, why is this any less authentic than regular? Like, these guys aren't actually cowboys that you're watching, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the joke to it, too. But if the goal was to make it, and we want to do a comedy special, we'll see what happens with that. But the goal was to make it, you know, as legitimate and real and good sounding of a yeah, yeah. record. Pop- yeah. If it works on both levels. And right now, the majority—I don't think it's really made for the comedy crowd, because I don't know if they listen to this type of music. My my concern, or not even concern, was like who? Because it's not really a novelty record, you know. It's no. a dirty country record, which you know it has been done before at different points of time as novelty records. Well, that was by that, country performers, but you're doing a whole other thing. Well, that was the thing. First of all, 
the whole thing was it's like everything I do. It's like when I go, I was in the studio. I was listening to the we're listening back to the masters, yeah. and I'm like. This is so fucking catchy, and plus yeah. it's so funny. Like yeah. people, it's it's for everybody. Then of course, it's people's it was, music. It's, it was the same thing when I did my show. It's like this is for everyone. Yeah. This gonna be the biggest fucking thing in the well, world. Did you, start, you write "Watch Black Women Hug"? The Black the, Women Hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that's me. funny. I recorded that at, on my Logic at home. Yeah. Um, and then I come home. I'm like, this type of country music isn't played on the radio, right? And comedy people really aren't. And then I'm like, fuck. Who the fuck? I just I just did something. No, I just did. I did it out of pure passion because I sure. want. I mean, I literally paid for the record. Yeah. Like, I own the mat. It's this label's putting it out, but I own the master. Right. It's like I could put a stop to it right now. Right. Which the government may make me do. Yeah, but, it's racy stuff. Um, but I was like, this is something I want to do, and I'm going to do it, and it's going to sell a million copies. First of all, nobody sell. Well, in, I did. I did a Billboard interview in character. And I promised in the interview as as Wheeler Walker Jr. that I was gonna that my video was gonna get more views than Adele. Yeah, we lost that by about a hundred million. Yeah, but you know, like yeah. that kind of that kind of brash. You did a music video though. Yeah, we've done we've done two now. I'm just more curious. I just can't wait to put the, get the album out because I just want to see people's. I just I want to see people's reaction, but I also want. I'm hoping there will be some sort of reaction. I mean, my, when, my when is it released already? Fe- February twelfth. Oh yeah. So my my main goal, the only thing I care about, yeah, is, and I've heard it a couple times, is you know, and I don't give a fuck hearing about, it, but there's like, oh, it's some fucking dude from Jersey coming down making fun of us Southerners, it's just because you don't know. It's so weird because you've had it both ways. Yeah, like it's weird being uh, like uh, I, I think a Jew in a way, and being in culture a certain way. But like just like the kind of flack you got at Tulane, now the Southerners you're afraid are going to put that on you. Exactly, but well, you're they, not from Jersey. Exactly. Well, I'm just saying they don't know. Yeah. They just they just think it's some guy in a right. costume, so it's some Hollywood dude. But in no way, like it's not making fun of the South. It's not, it's it's really done out of passion for country music. Yeah. I just love this form of music that's going away, and it's so. I mean, it's like you know, like Sturgill's still doing it, and Jason, right. and those guys, but. It's really, I mean, the guy, I mean, Merle's left, Willie's left, but there's not, Billy Joe's still around. There's not much of those guys around. No, there aren't. Um, And I wanted to do a record, like I said, I wanted, as a musician my whole life, you're the same way, you're mm-hmm. a musician. It's like, what if I could do, and then you get the excuse of saying, oh, it's just, you know. Right, but, but, you know, and also, like, there's something about the nature of a stage persona and a character and- and, a, and that was and the fun part for me. And yeah. a performing outfit. I mean, I guess the the real difference is is that you know this may this music may not be far from your heart, but the the character itself, like there there was a time where where those type of guys, like even you know Jerry Jeff or Waylon, at certain points uh, of this this certain kind of like borderline outlaw character. Uh, that you know they were earnest and they were they were really that guy and yeah. it's, uh, you you they lived that life so so I think the only real um, you know mockery would be in that you created this character to honor those guys not necessarily to make fun of them but you're not that guy exactly well but but also were they I mean they were certainly no, more I get outlawed it. I than get me it. but they weren't going around shooting. No, 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 no. But you know what I mean. Like, I know, but I know what you're saying. But the, like, what what sold that? And this isn't like it doesn't look like this character is essentially. This is sort of a like a newer version. But you know, it's not it's not Chris Whalen and Willie and and uh, you know. Uh, well, I, yeah, it's it ended up sounding a little. I was listening to 
to so much George Jones at the time that I like, I like I'm ripping off George Jones. Well, that's but, good. That's a what, real clean production. But when you try to rip off someone who's that out of reach, it kind of comes off as original because well, you can't. Right. Well, George, it. the interesting thing about George Jones is he was even more fucked up than his character. Oh, like yeah. you know, he was sort of like a, a mainstream country guy who who didn't wear a cowboy hat, wore a suit and whatnot. But he was fucking crazy drunk man oh, yeah. he, how genius many, how many ditches did he drive off the I mean, tractor like, the yeah. tractor story is great a bunch yeah but uh but you know it's 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 funny because I, I think the thing that makes it really different is that you're not seeking to make fun of the form you're actually seeking to embrace it in the way that you are capable of doing it well a couple of the people who i won't name who in nashville are just like listen you've got to like you've got to go for it like Nashville's become so shitty. You're the guy. You're going to go out there and talk about, and you're going to, you know, you're going to wipe these people off the map. I was like, but fuck you, bitch, ain't getting played on, you know, K90 or whatever. You know, right. it is. So it's, it'd be but, great but, if one could break through. Well, but one, so I've talked to a couple so stations. They, the couple stations that when they bleep it, there's nothing left, you know. It's just like sure. Well, that was you know, that might have been a, a, a little yeah, short sighted so, on your part. Well, I wasn't thinking that. I was just I'm no, an outlaw. I'm an outlaw. I was at the time. I'm just I'm just thinking. I'm thinking the best. You, you live in it. But it was funny too because I was down there and I was you know again listening to playback and I'm looking at the musicians. And I'm like, isn't it a bummer that like if I just made clean versions of this, they're so catchy that they get play on the radio and they all look at me at the same time. They're like, have you fucking heard country radio recently? Right. right. It's fucking. Millie Vanilli with no, it's like it's almost like Def Leppard. It's like Def Leppard's a good example where it was just like, oh, he's got one arm. We'll just we'll figure it. You know, we'll Well, do the electronic mainstream. Yeah, mainstream kind of uh, rock riffs. Well, I heard this from the eighties, and again, I mean, a lot of it's. I mean, with rap, I mean, it's it's hip hop kind of. Some of it, yeah. Some of the some of the country producers I know actually had some interesting conversations with them. Just keep. Their whole like thing who, is like Mutt Lang. Were you talking to Mutt Lang? I, I've done. I've not spoken with Mutt Lang yet. Yeah. But th- these guys are just like because the really good producers in Nashville, they still know all the Bowie and Eno, and sure, you know they know course. all the shit. They're musicians, and they're like, and they've also had rock guys go down there and use their musicians for years. Okay, I mean Dylan, Dylan did, did it, and the six, Stones yeah. did it, and you know, I mean that was his best records was those Nashville. Yeah, records. yeah, yeah. Um, but they're just like these. Electron these sounds they're using th- their whole thing is like these sounds that the new country guys are using are twenty years old. Like there's new stuff out there. You know, it's not like they're they're not mixing L C D sound system with yeah. country. They're yeah. mixing like fucking Millie Vanilla, you know, right, like the right. old sure, sure. and it just sounds like fucking garbage and there's really no place to hear this type of music anymore. Well thank God you're championing it, Ben. Yeah, well so, that's what I'm here for. And you're uh you're you're okay, you're making a living? Making a living, we'll see uh, got a woman? Don't have don't have a woman. That's a that's kind of the main issue. If you were to talk to my parents, that sure. they're kind of upset. When's about. that going to happen? Once I kind of get my career in order, so I'm probably sixty five. Sure. sure, that sounds about right. Seventy. Medicine? No medicine. Am I on medicine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do another hour? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we have that kind of time. <laughs> But you're 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 uh, I'm I'm properly medicated. I'm properly. It's all living it's, your life. It's all prescribed. I got a new thing with the where they uh, this the company sends it to your house. Don't you have to go to write oh, it really? anymore. Oh really? Oh good. You on for the anxiety and the OCD? Uh, anxiety and OCD. Anxiety is really the main issue. I'm Me too. With. What do you take? I take uh, clonopin when ne- when needed. Oh, see, I can't do that. Why? Because I'm a it. fucking drug addict. Yeah, I, I don't. There'd find be no it. reason not to take clonopin eventually. Well. I find it, uh, it doesn't, 
Yeah, I mean that of all the, my my maladies I was yeah. talking about, I really did get lucky and because I know a lot of friends who've gone down this road. I just don't have that um, the addiction thing. I don't have the addiction. So when you thing. take a clonopin, what's it good for six hours or so? Yeah, last I'm really sensitive to it, so it lasts actually a little longer for me. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't, um, you know, like I, we played that we opened up for David Allen Coe, just as an example, mm-hmm. a, a month ago, and as I had a you know a bunch of friends in Nashville and family, like let's go out and party. Drank all night, haven't drank since, didn't drink them. Like I just, right. I, I just don't got lucky. Be that, careful with the clonopin and the drinking. Yeah, I don't mix them. But I mean, I'm that like I was like I gotta have my clonopin the day before because I like right. I, I plan my drinking. Sure, I have to plan, but. I just realized now I haven't had a drink. Yeah, like, I just got lucky that Quantapin I- and booze, that's an instant blackout recipe. <laughs> you lose about well, four hours. Well, one, one of my buddies was uh, on at least that, because he, he definitely- It was funny, too. I was that that Fogarty concert. So oh, I yeah. A buddy of mine blacked out that show. Lost it, and huh? He lost it, but I just I don't know why it just came into my head, but he brought- I mean, this was a kind of a no-brainer joke, but it always makes me laugh, and he was fucked up, and Fo- Fogarty brought his son out to play guitar, I don't know if yeah. you remember, and he just looks over me and goes- Fortunate son, <laughs> and he, go-to joke, but it made me. It made me. That was a good one. So now, all right. Well, let's uh, let's figure this out. So you own the rights to these songs. Yep. And uh, this is your record. So theoretically, which is something we don't get to do on this show very often because of labels and whatnot, uh, we could play a song. I think you can play whatever the fuck you want. We yeah. could play it on this show. I own the publishing. I own the yeah. Which one should we play if we're going to give people a taste of this thing? Um. You want a ballad? You want a? I want oh, the one that is most heartfelt for you, Ben. Or, well, G- or should I call you Wheeler? <laughs> the most heartfelt one everyone says is "fuck you, bitch." Uh huh. Um, and that's got a real nice country production sound to it. Want to play the hit? Yeah. Let's hit, play the hit. Hit in quotes. Fuck yeah. you, bitch. Play "fuck you, bitch." All right. Well, thanks for talking, Ben. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a, been a blast.
All right, so that's our show. I guess there's really no reason for me to play. We just had a song. I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. I like talking to Ben. Go buy that Wheeler Walker Jr. record, man. It's the hottest thing in country music right now. Uh, the debut album, Redneck Shit, uh, comes out tomorrow, February 12th. Okay, so now you know that. So yeah, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. Get on the mailing list. Pick up a poster if you want it. Do what you got to do. Comment through Facebook. Uh, check my schedule. I do have a few gigs coming up in April. And um, okay, I haven't went, haven't done one of these without music in a while. Boomer lives. <laughs>